0: Our text is in Acts chapter 12, we continue our series through the book of Acts, what happened after Jesus resurrected from the dead. We're in Acts chapter 12 today as we come closer to the end of our series on Acts chapter 12. When I was a young boy, I was never tired, I ran everywhere I went, and at night time, The last thing I wanted to do was go to bed. However, my mother insisted I go to bed much earlier than the adults. So I always figured they were trying to hide something from me when they sent me up to bed. In my bedroom was a register, which was the only source of heat there. Just a hole in the floor with an open register. And um, I would go up to the bedroom and crouch down on the floor and uh, over the register and peek into the living room. Listen to see what was going on down there. They were trying to hide from me. And occasionally, Mom would say, no peeking up there, get to bed. She was one of those people who knew everything. She seemed to know everything. So uh, I'd crawl up in my bed and then hang over the edge so I could look down <laughs> and see what was going on downstairs. I just couldn't go to sleep. So I stayed up and peeked through the register. Later on, when I could read, I used to read books in bed. And Mom, when she went to bed, would go by the bedroom door say, lights out in there, which stopped my reading. But I had a plan. I had a light that was a green ceramic lion, ugliest thing you ever saw. But it had a bulb inside of it, and I could uh, shine the light under the covers. And so I hide it and read book under the covers till all hours of the night. That worked real well till I melted a sweater under the cover one night. Had to learn to be more careful with the hot light bulbs under the covers. So sleep just wasn't one of those things I really needed or wanted. I was able to read and spy on the adults through the register to make sure I wasn't wasting time sleeping. Well, I suppose that became a lifetime habit. And just recently, a doctor said to me, "Uh, uh, how do you sleep through the night? I said, I sleep fine. He said, you get eight hours? I said, eight hours? (laughs) He said, well, in my whole life, I never slept any more than four hours. Two hours is a normal sleep cycle. He said, okay, if that's what you like. And this younger practitioner came in and she said to me, we need to get you to get more sleep. You can't function on that. We'll give you some medication to help you. So I just ignored that lady altogether. I worked two full-time jobs for 33 years on four hours of sleep. I think I can make it. Some people need more sleep. Some people sleep so well, eight hours isn't enough. (laughs) Of course, it was God that made man to be a sleeping creature. And if we go two or three nights without sleep, it just about ruins us, doesn't it? it? Ruins our health. Some people can't sleep because their minds don't shut down. Have you ever had that? There's many reasons for a sleepless night. In our text today, we find sleep, good sleep, dead to the world, sleep, and it's quite a story. We've now come to a place in the book of Acts where time has gone by. The church in Jerusalem has spread all over from city to city as the persecuted people leave Jerusalem. And Jerusalem had started its persecution with a violent stoning of Stephen. And then Saul became the leader of that persecution. But Saul converted to be a Christian, so the persecution slowed down for a while. But once again, it's about to be rekindled. And this time, the new persecutors are not the Jewish leaders of the temple. This time, the persecutors come from the government. Huh, isn't that something? Acts chapter 12. Verse 1, now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. We've heard the name Herod before. It was a man named Herod the Great who tried to kill baby Jesus when he killed all the boy babies two years and under around Jerusalem. There's another Herod called Herod the Tetrarch who cut off John the Baptist's head. But this is another Herod called Herod Agrippa. He's the grandson of Herod the Great. The Roman Emperor Claudius had made Herod Agrippa ruler over all Israel. He was a much hated man. He claimed to be a devout follower of the Jewish religion. And he lived in Jerusalem. But strictly as a political move to win the favor of the Jews, he decided to go after this new church. A few years have gone by since the death of Stephen. So Herod will start a new wave of persecution in hopes of gaining political favor with the Jews. So he is about to ramp up his persecution. Verse 2 and he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. So Herod reaches out, seizes James, and kills him by beheading him with a sword. There were three men named James in the New Testament. And the one who was murdered here was James, the brother of John, They were both fishermen, the sons of Zebedee, and James was one of the disciples of Jesus. Now the Jews were pleased that Herod killed James, so he decided to seize another one. This time we'll get Peter. And it is mentioned that he did this at the Passover holiday. And so it's a week-long celebration. You know, we talked about It ends in that special Passover holiday. Remember, Jesus also died on Passover. But it seems Herod is a little bit afraid. Whether he's afraid of Peter, or more precisely, maybe he's afraid of God. Verse 4, And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And so, if you recall, back in Acts 5, the disciples of Jesus had all been arrested and put in prison. And you recall the next day, they said, bring those disciples up here so we can question them. But when they got there, they found the prison cell was empty. And somebody reported back, hey, those men you put in prison yesterday are down preaching in the temple. And the disciples said, well, an angel freed us from prison. The Jews said, well, we don't believe you, of course, uh, but we can't explain how you got out. So Herod, who now takes Peter, is a little bit afraid of that. So he appoints four quaternions. And a quaternion of four soldiers, so he has 16 soldiers to personally guard Peter. Only four soldiers were used to crucify Jesus and the two thieves. Now 16 are sent to guard Peter in prison. And this time the prison is the Roman fortress called Antonia, Fortress just behind the temple. It's not a place you could rush and try to take it. It's an armed walled fortress with walls higher than the temple. Not a place you could gain entrance to. And it has Roman soldiers guarding it at all times. And now inside of that is Peter personally guarded by 16 men. When Peter is seized he's gone no visitors allowed no information as to his situation no one knows what's happening to him it's passover week the only information that's let out is that he will be sentenced after the final day of passover So the church springs into action, again the second part of verse 5, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So the church begins a prayer meeting. All over Jerusalem, the church is praying. They don't have a church building, so they are praying and holding prayer meetings in their homes, and not just half-hour prayer meetings. No, they start praying, and they don't stop. James is already dead, and now Peter is gone. So pray, pray, pray. Plead with God. Where is Peter? We don't know. How's Peter faring? We don't know. He is to be sentenced after passover so pray on day one and pray on day two and day three and finally it's passover and still no peter and tomorrow is a day set for sentencing so pray pray brothers and sisters pray is the message verse six when herod would have brought him forth the same night peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the doors kept the prison so peter is chained to two soldiers not just one to two actually chained to the soldiers arm to arm and the other 14 are watching over the locked doors and the hallways and the barred doors and then comes nighttime verse 7 Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell from off his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. So he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision." I just love it. I just love it. You can't beat it. It's one of the great stories. Peter is scheduled to have his head cut off with a sword the next morning. Knowing James already died the same way, and chained between two soldiers, he is sound asleep. And suddenly... A light fills the prison cell. Did anyone ever wake you up by turning the lights on? (laughs) Sure they do. (laughs) Not Peter. A bright light is shining in the prison, and he's sound asleep, snoring away, laying on the floor, chained to the prisoner, as a prisoner. So the angel has got (laughs) to, he slaps him on the side to wake him up. And he doesn't jump up and say, what do you want me to do? He can barely open his eyes. He's sleeping so well. He's groggy. He's barely awake. And he just sits there. And the angel says, come on. Put your shoes on. Tighten up your belt, Peter. He groans a little. He's half asleep. And he said, put your coat on. we got to go. Let's go. So Peter's chains fall off. He gets up, follows the angel... He's still so groggy that he thinks the whole thing is just a dream. Sleep. (laughs) This Peter's a champion sleeper. A light in the prison can't stir him at all. A slap on the side barely gets his attention. He has to be told, put your shoes on. Come on, grab your coat, let's go. Now, my friends, it's his last night. Tomorrow, they plan to cut off his head with a sword, not an axe. In Rome, they use axes, so it was a neat, swift job. But they're going to use a sword and kind of hack his head off. And Peter is sleeping like a baby. (laughs) You can say, well, that's a man with a clear conscience. And he's resting quite peacefully. Oh my friends, there's a lot more than that to it. Much more than that. If you have a busy day planned, it'll sometimes keep you up the night before, right? You get too worried to sleep. You're too excited to sleep. Too afraid to sleep. Maybe you're even praying too hard to sleep. But not Peter chained between two soldiers inside the fortress of Antonia with 16 guards. He's been there all week, waiting for the day of execution. There's no possible way of escape. In full knowledge, James is dead by the same Herod's hand. He sleeps so peacefully, and he rests so calmly. I'm sure it never occurred to Peter that he'd ever escape. So he sleeps. How come? How does he do it? Is he maybe resigned to it? And he's saying, oh, well, this is the end anyway, so I might as well go to sleep. No, I don't think so, not at all. I think in his mind, he says, I want to be like my master. I want to be like my best friend jesus and if this is god's will for my life and i'm glad to do it i remember jesus he says when he came to the end jesus said oh god i delight to do your will It's my pleasure, said Jesus, to do God's will. And Jesus went to the cross, and he suffered and died. And the Bible says he looked forward to the pleasures of doing the will of God. So Peter, afraid? No way. Confused? Not one bit. Is he apprehensive? Not for one moment. Peter says, I'm about to do God's will. And Jesus said, Peter, when you get old... They're going to take you where you don't want to go. So tomorrow we're going. Tomorrow we're going to write the last chapter. He died because he was willing, serving God. He delighted in doing God's will, whatever it was. And so he might as well lay down and he sleeps. And he sleeps, peaceful sleep, deep sleep, of a man who is glad to do the will of God. Verse 10, when they were past the first and the second ward, they came to the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of its own accord. They went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. When Peter was come to himself, he finally woke up. He said, now I know of a surety the Lord has sent his angel, hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. And there were many gathered together praying. And Peter knocked at the door of the gate. A damsel came to hearken, named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in, told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed it was even so. And they said, It's his angel. But Peter continued knocking when they'd opened the door. They saw him, and they were astonished. <laughs> Rhoda, a servant girl, hears his voice. He says, I hear that's Peter out there, but she forgot to open the door. <laughs> and Peter is out there. <laughs> his case was so help, hopeless, so hopeless, that the people praying couldn't believe Rhoda's report. And they said to her first, you're crazy. It can't be him. He's in Antonia, guarded by 16 soldiers. Then she continued, and they said, Well, he's already gone. It's his angel stopping by. But they threw the door open, and it's Peter. Oh, what do you know? What do you know? Prayer meetings work, God is listening. And one thing is clear one angel on your side is much better than 16 soldiers. God answers prayer. And Peter's freed from Antonia, freed from chains, freed from locked doors and guards, iron gates, all to no avail. The fortress cannot hold him who God decides to set free. Now, I have a question. It's a very serious question. It's a question that might stop you in your tracks. It might have a devastating answer. Here it is Why wasn't James set free? Why was Peter set free? And James was not. Is Peter better than James? Is James doing something wrong? If God has such miraculous power to set Peter free, why didn't he set James free? We know very little about James. One thing we know from the Bible, Jesus called James and his brother John, by a nickname, he called them the Sons of Thunder. (laughs) Why? Because they're loud and they're boisterous. They come bursting in. They're always happy. They are not moody or depressed. They made their presence known, and something about that pair you couldn't help but like them. I've seen Followers of God who were enthusiastic and joyful and pleasant. Sons of thunder, if you will. People you couldn't help but like. My father was a person like that. Those kind of people have a very positive influence on everybody around them. Why did Herod choose James as the first one to die? because he's so well-loved, so full of Jesus, so enthusiastic that he had a way of drawing people to Jesus. And Herod says, let's get rid of him first. But more than that, Jesus had said to James, you will be baptized with the same baptism that I'll be baptized. Jesus Doing God's will, went to a cross and died at 33 years of age. James, willing to do God's will, will go with the same mind of Christ. Historians tell us when he went to be executed, he was so calm and so peaceful that the man who guarded him became a believer in Jesus. And on the way to the execution, he asked James to forgive him. And it said that James reached out and grabbed the man and kissed him. And said, just like his master, peace be unto you. Before he died. And then he calmly died. And I suppose that's where Peter got the idea. With James' courageous example, he went to sleep peacefully the night before he was scheduled to die. Oh, my friends, how can I ever explain to you how good it feels to do the will of God? Sometimes your path grows through rough ways. Sometimes hard times come, but I can't explain how good it feels in the dark hours of the night, to say, Thank you, Jesus. It's my pleasure to do your will. Unafraid of what may come, we will never surrender. I told my cancer doctor, If your treatment is going to keep me from my pulpit, I don't want it. And he said, no, you can still do it. And I said, well, let's hurry up and get it done. Let's go. Can you say with Jesus and with James and with Peter and with me, I delight to do the will of God. I hope so. I hope so. I hope you sleep soundly in the knowledge that you can do God's will and be pleasing to him. Ah, uh, My friends, to this story, there's a postscript. Verse 18. Now as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers. What was become of Peter? When Herod sought for him and found him not, he examined the keepers. Commanded they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and there abode. What he feared had happened. Peter was set free. And so he executed all 16 soldiers. And apparently he discovered that killing Jesus' followers maybe wasn't as popular as he thought it was. (laughs) So he moved away from Jerusalem and went to Caesarea. Now later on, it says he gave a speech to a group of people who really hated him, a political speech in verse 21. Upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne, made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Herod got something we call intestinal worms, and they ate through the lining of his stomach. And as he sat there with his speech, he suddenly doubled over in absolute agony. He went home, and he died in agony, and they said his insides fell out because the worms ate through the lining of the stomach. I guess God took care of old Herod, didn't he? (laughs) One angel set Peter free, but just a bunch of worms took care of Herod. In verse 24, the word of God grew and multiplied. Oh, my friends, rest assured, God takes care of his own. And sleep well in the knowledge if you take care of God's business. He'll take care of yours. May God bless you as you willingly step out and serve him. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the story of Peter and the sleepful rest of those who do the will of God. I ask your blessing on us as we rise up now to do the will of God that we might serve the people around us and do our best for you, that we might find the joys and the peaceful pleasures of doing his will. Help us, Lord, we pray, that we might be willing servants and take what comes to us and show that we believe in Jesus, come what may. We ask your blessing on us today because we have heard these things. We pray In Jesus' name, amen. In closing, I'd like you to turn your hymn books to hymn number 304, if you will. Hymn number 304, which is Like a River Glorious. Standing as we sing, if you will, 304, Like a River Glorious. Yes.
1: page 304
2: in your hymn book like a Yeah
1: said amen
0: us leave out a closing word of prayer
1: dear lord we are thankful that whatever our lives may bring that we may be hidden in the hollow of your hand that you have protected us there if we but trust in you we may have not a blast of hurry not a shade of care we are thankful That you have put us in a place where we need not worry about things. But we can trust in you wholly. Regardless of what happens all around us. Regardless of how bad the world might get. And Lord, we see today the example of James and Peter. How they stood fearlessly. And in complete rest. Perfect peace and rest. May we have that in our hearts wherever we go, whatever it is, and may we know that it is good to do the will of God. May that be on our lips every day of our lives. May we be thankful for the many blessings we have and willing to step into whatever it is you have for us, whatever future that you would have us to do. Help us to have that good attitude and the willing attitude and a thankful heart In all we have, keep us and bless us. Bring us back to this place safely, Lord, and bring our hearts full of worship, ready to worship you more. We thank you for all these folks in this place. Bless them all.